Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knife Works, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. All right, you listen to work for it. Can you believe it? It's the, like the last week of February. Here we are. It's coming, coming at you. Whew. Time, space, continuum moves forward and into your face. Do you have that sense of urgency that I have? Because I'm telling you what, I've been shot out of a cannon lately. I've just realized that I had so many things going on. I needed to stop what I was doing, make a list, and take action. Move forward. Because I had been sitting on my hands for a while on a few projects, and I really needed to get things done. Things I didn't want to do. I had to push through. Production work, design work, redesign work, build some things, raffle some things off connect with some people, do all that fun stuff. It was all those things that I had to do. And what I realized was the longer I sat on my hands, the longer I sat still, I sat stagnant, I was sedentary, the more anxious I felt. I just needed, needed to get moving. And what I realized was getting started is the hardest part of anything. So like one bite at a time, started chunking away at it, took action, and then momentum set in, and I was off. So if you ever see me write a comment like on Instagram or any social media, and I say, let's go, baby, and I put the little rocket icon in there, that's because that's where we're going. I got to go. Let's go. Let's move. Let's work for it. So today on Work For It, we're going to talk about motivation, getting mm. started, just finding that path that first step that it takes to get where you want to go. And it starts at the end, believe it or not. A clear vision for what you want for your working life to be or your life in general. Do you want them to blend together? Do you want to make a little more money maybe on the side? Or do you want to quit your job and you want to do something different with your life? You want to find purpose, passion, and meaning with every minute moving forward. Blend that all together inside of your professional life. Add a little commerce, add a little money, add some some fun in there too. That's what we talk about here on this podcast because I've found it. I have unlocked the secrets of the universe. It starts with a clear vision. What do you want your life to look like? Close your eyes right now. Do it with me. What do you want to look like? What what do you want that next five years to look like? You only have so many years on planet Earth. Think about it for a second. Your ideal workshop. The ideal project. Perhaps you're a little more famous on the internet than you were before. (laughs) Perhaps you were a few pounds lighter, maybe. Or maybe you had a little more money in the bank. Maybe you're married. Maybe you have kids. Maybe your kids are getting the hell out of the house like mine are very soon, hopefully. And <laughs> and maybe, just maybe, 
you're going to find that spot, that sweet spot, that groove that everybody, every artist, every creator, every entrepreneur, anybody who's ever done anything notable finds that groove, baby. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Finding that groove. Get it going. Let's go. Let's find our vision. Let's work for it. Gentlemen, how are you this morning? Good morning, sirs. Yeah, good morning. I am fucking amazing. How are you guys? Good. Um, I I'm better oh. today than I was this past week. I'll put it that way. I was gonna say <laughs> you were pretty uh pretty silent lately. I was wondering that yesterday. I was like, is Cohen okay? And I actually <laughs> almost reached out. Seriously, like I was like, if there's something he'll reach out, but like the thought crossed my mind to reach out to you, and I was like, it might be something he doesn't want to be bothered with. I don't know, so I'll just wait. <laughs> I appreciate that, and I also had quite a few people reach out to me asking me how are how are things going because i haven't seen you online and uh yeah it's it's been a pretty pretty rough past week um i don't want to bring the podcast down at all um but basically quick synopsis you know i i talked about my my dad having strokes before on this podcast well he had another one and it's the worst one by far and um you know he has been in the hospital ever since um, luckily things are looking better. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very scary there for a little bit. And then right before that happened, em- the Emily's grandma, who, you know, the lady who took us in for about a year and a half and also allowed me to have my first shop in her backyard, her health was failing pretty quickly and was looking really bad for a while. But ag- again, with her, she, Bounce, has been bouncing back and it's been on the on the uh, mend and looking better. So, yeah, all this past week I have been in a mental downswing and not at all productive in the shop. I've had a few hours in the shop and none of them were productive. <laughs> I have destroyed a few different knives, luckily not customers knives, just because like I'm grinding bevels on it. My mind's elsewhere and all of a sudden wow, this knife used to be three inches and now it's two and a half inches and now it's two inches just because I keep screwing it up and having to regrind and reprofile. But yeah, I have learned that when your mind isn't right, it is not the best place to be is the worst place to be is standing in front of a machine that can kill you. So I have deliberately taken a step back and, you know, I, the house is looking absolutely immaculate because I cleaned the ever loving shit out of it just to do something else to get my mind off of what I was thinking about. But luckily, everybody's on the mend and things are going better. And I really want to thank the quite a few people who reached out and talked to me about it. Um, just again, they reached out because they assumed that something was happening because I wasn't posting or I wasn't present online. And, um, it's really a testament to the level of community we have, and especially our little corner of the community that is just so supportive and want everyone to succeed. Um, one of the really, really bizarre ones, and it was actually you, Brian House, because um, I think it was Monday. I talked to my dad for the first time after he had the major stroke, and he was obviously mentally diminished. And that is super, super scary for me because I get a lot of my wit and my, you know, my my dad has always been a very sharp, very intelligent, very, you know, 
on top of it mentally. So to talk to him and noticeably hear a change for the negative was really scary for me. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm all freaked out. So I go out to the shop and I, you know, start working on something I probably shouldn't be working on. And out of the blue, not a half an hour after I had this conversation, I'm, I'm mentally freaking out. And what I get a text from Brian house. Hey, how's your dad? What in the fuck? (laughs) How did you know? (laughs) Like what, what are the chances that in the moment where I am freaking out the absolute most and making bad decisions, decisions in the shop, you reach out and we have a nice conversation about it and you kind of get my mind right. Like, what are the, what are the chances of that? You know, I told you I'm fucking Gandalf. I know this shit. <laughs> I knew he was going to say something stupid like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I totally, uh, I totally get what you're saying. It's like, a, it's a, it's a vibe, dude. You know, if people, people catch that shit, you know, not everybody, but like you could tell when something's going on or not, or sometimes you can yeah. assume something's going on and there's absolutely nothing going on too. But like, I totally get what you're saying with the community. There's like, I posted, I don't know if Brian remembers, he commented on that post, but maybe like five, six months ago, I'd taken a day off, literally just taken a personal day off. I did post nothing to Instagram, nothing to Facebook. I didn't even say anything to anyone. And the next morning I was getting messages asking if I was okay and if everything was all right. Mm. <laughs> so I made a, I made a post about it, you know, thanking everybody and just, yeah, I'm okay. I just, you know, I'm human. I take a day off too. Right. Just like you're human and not every day is roses. You know what I'm saying? It's, there's going to be shitty days just like everything else. So, And that's, I've talked about quite a few times, the rule of three, where a third of your days are going to be fantastic. A third of your days are going to be nope. average and a third of your days are going to be dog shit. And that's, that's healthy and that's okay. I'm just yep. really hoping that this past week of absolute dog shit is like, this means that the next couple of weeks I'm absolutely having fantastic day after fantastic day. Yeah, it's going to turn into New England corn chow- uh, clam chowder. You- you'll be good. <laughs> what? <laughs> you said dog shit, so I was trying oh. to make it something better. And okay. Clam chowder is pretty good. So, yeah, so, turn that dog shit into New England co- clam chowder and make it a better day. <laughs> now that I got through my dog shit week, what's going on in Pickles' neck of the woods? All kinds of jazz, dude. Uh, it's actually a, um, a – there's a variety of things going on in my week, and i am got to finish off whatever I'm working on now. i got three blades that are handled, handle shapings going on, two left of those three to shape. And then I got – you guys aren't going to believe this, but Sunday. Sunday I got to go to church. What? <laughs> are you, are yeah. you planning on catching on fire? I'm bringing a fire extinguisher with me, but yeah, okay, cool. I'm going to church on Sunday. <laughs> What's going and, on, uh, man? <laughs> my niece is getting baptized. Oh, cool, cool. So yeah, they're doing it for uh, my brother's mother-in-law who passed away from cancer a couple years ago, and she mm. was very, very religious, and you know she would have wanted Charlie to have been baptized, and so they're kind of doing it for her, and um, her brother's daughter's getting baptized at the same time too, so. Okay, cool. It's, you know, it's a, my brother from Connecticut's coming up with his girlfriend and his son, my other nephew. So it's going to be a, a an exciting weekend. It's going to be a busy one, probably not much shop time, but it's going to actually feel good, you know, see my family and everybody else and all that jazz and get to hang out with them. 
But uh, yeah, other than that, I'm having a great week. It's been yeah. uh, less stressful if we want to go that way, say it that yeah. way, because like I took a load off my shoulders and uh, moving forward with what was meant to be and not what was not meant to be. And it kind of comes down to saying what Brian was talking about in his intro, you know, finding that balance and all that shit, you know, like it's, it's important. You got to find it. You can't just go full bore at something and not have zero worries or no stress. It's not going to happen. And it's kind of like you're saying the rules of threes, you know, so that shitty time makes you, makes you learn and realize that, you know, it doesn't have to, always be good it can be hard but then it mm-hmm. doesn't have to always be hard because it can be good and also those <laughs> shitty times make the good times feel even better right exactly and yeah. I, I kind of felt that last night because kyle and i started on the viking challenge knife that i'm that i'm doing and he got home from work and we got into the shop and it's just like as if everything melted away from me, all of the bad thoughts drained out of my system and we were just on fire. Everything was one take, perfect shot. Good. Okay. Let's go to the next thing. Um, everything was super efficient and production production was looking super good. And, uh, yeah, last night is just like, all of a sudden I felt back. I felt alive again, you know, it feels better. Yeah. You know, it definitely does feel good to pass that slump and, yeah, you know, to see have, light at to the have end of the a tunnel. really shitty week and then immediately have a really good experience in the shop makes me confident that I can get back out there. Oh yeah, you definitely can. You got this. It's a, yeah. it's a bump. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Get over it, and uh, on the other side of that bump is going to be smooth roll yeah. until the next bump. You know? Speaking of bumps, how are you doing, Brian? I'm great, man. Yeah. Uh, I think what the important thing to take away from all of this is without darkness, there is no light. You know, that's, exactly. uh, the way I see it is like, you know, if you if if everybody is special, then no one's special. You know, yep. these and days are no different. If you have good days and you recognize them and you're grateful for them, which hopefully there's more good than bad, then you're winning. And that's. Yep. But that's an important piece See, there, to this. There's one thing I've always said in life that I, I adapt to, and, and it kind of makes me catch a grip on myself when shit starts going south, is that I couldn't be at peace with myself if I wouldn't go through war with myself. You know what mm. I'm saying? So I have to fight those battles against myself to, to reclaim myself and be who I want to be. And it's just part of, you know, that battle could be mental. It could be anything, you know, it's just part of life. We all go through it and we all have to have our own way to deal with it. Because I could tell Brian House how to deal with something and it's not going to work for him. You know, I could tell (laughs) you to do something else and it's not going to work for you, but it works for me. Right. That don't even try to tell me what to do. That never works. Go, 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 you know where I want you to go. Fucking just, (laughs) just go. (laughs) One of the cool things we are doing uh, at Housemade this week is, has been that we are working on a raffle. And when you're listening to this, there'll be two days left of it. Uh, We had set some pretty lofty goals for the raffle. And the whole purpose of it was to put tools in Ryan's workshop. And we built him three revolutions. And I was like, you know what? Why? Let's do this. We also built that cool um, new uh, forge that I've been prototyping, the Hammermaker Forge. Yeah. And it was you know, getting expensive and it was just like, okay, all right, well, how about I build another revolution and I'll raffle it off. Yes, the, sir. 
the uh, amount of people who have come forward and contributed to that <clears throat> majority of you don't even really care if you win or not. It's just like, it's fantastic. It's like, it just reminds me again of why I got involved in this community, why I just love being a part of it. You have just supported my work and Ryan's work and Pickle's work and Brian's work. We're all lifting each other up. I love this. Thank you so much for everybody who has participated. There's three different levels in this raffle. I do. I haven't done a raffle in three years, by the hmm. way. And I know some people are like judging this whole process. Like, oh, look, he's doing Fuck a raffle. Him. But it, it, it is. There's more to it than that. It's more to it than just the financial stuff. It's really just like we needed to get to this point with, you know, pushing equipment to Ryan and doing all these things. And crowdfunding is a great way to do it. Plus people love to be a part of this. So as the tiers went up, we had, we had set 10 tiered goals. We hit tier seven on day one or tier six on day one. And then we are now on tier nine. So, wow. We've already reached tier nine. It's Wednesday when we're recording this. How many tiers are there? Wildfire. There's 10 tiers. So we wanted to reach tier 10 and, and we're going to do it. So it's, it's really amazing. So thank you to everybody who has participated. If you'd like to buy in, it's $10 for one ticket. And by the way, the last person who won bought one ticket. So, wow. (laughs) All it takes is one ticket. That's it. (laughs) You could buy 100 tickets, and if your number comes out, it's only going to be one ticket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, we have different tiers. You can get three tickets for 25, and you get 10 tickets for 75, and then you get a set of plans with that. And if you do the $25 buy-in, you get a set of stickers mailed out to you, too. So, anyway, I appreciate everybody who has done that and, and participated in that. As we've hit each tier, we have added things that we sell at Housemade to each tier. And if you want to know more about that, just go to the website. And on the very first page, there's a banner, like a slider image. Click on that for the raffle and you can see all the different tiers. And we're all the way up to tier nine. And I don't really know what I'm going to do for tier nine and ten. I I need to talk to a couple of people um, who are in the community to maybe get them involved as well. So we'll see. Um, but like tier nine and 10, we're going to add more items to the raffle. And then we're adding second place and third place. So there'll be, um, there'll be three winners. It won't just be one winner. So it'll just, I, you know, do that. I have a, an idea of what you could add to the tiers. Go for it. Four foot bar steel, mm. some handle material. You know, you, you yeah. sure you got some of that laying around. Yeah, actually, I do. That's a good idea. I uh, Ryan over at Gnome Hammer is giving away five hammers, too. So he's going to put in five hammers. So there'll be different tiered uh, versions of that. We're going to throw nice. in some scoops and do a swage block. Also, I'm <laughs> yesterday I did a I did a reel of me and Brent making those swage blocks. We were really just trying to test out Ryan's new forge. And I wanted to find out, like, how hot and how much time it would take to get to the right temperature to press out a swage block. And uh, then I said, well, leave me a witty comment and I'm going to send, um, you know, I'm going to give away these swage blocks to whoever wins the best comments. If you want to dive into dad joke and witty <laughs> comments about balls and balls deep and balls and uh, you, there is, at the time of this recording, there's 258 comments under that video. <laughs> so um, 
<laughs> it's going to be really hard for me to pick like whose comments are the best. The, um, the ones I like the most are the ones that are referencing something. So like movies or whatever, um, you know, people were referencing jaws by, I think we're going to need a bigger swage block, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> um, it, it just, the, the balls deep comments. It, it's, it's fantastic reading from a blacksmith forging knife maker perspective. So go check that out and watch that reel. Mm-hmm. We had a couple of uh, reels go viral in the last few, I'd say last week or two. And what we are discovering is these collaborations we're doing with other makers like Ryan and Manny G over parable knives has been collaborating with me. Pickle always collaborates with me. There's uh and, and, and if you collaborate with me and I don't accept it, it's because I, it needs to be relevant to exe- what I'm doing. I just because if, he doesn't like you. No, no, that's not it. <laughs> he just there's some you. some collabs that go down that are not really in line with the with the stuff that I'm producing and it wouldn't be relevant to my audience. So I don't accept. Don't take it personally. It's just if it's that way it is that way but if it's you know stuff we make or if it's forging related or knife making related you're using my tools you can collaborate with me and you you don't just have to tag me you can collab with me yeah so if um, i'm snowboarding and i'm balls deep in snow and i make a reel and i collab (laughs) with you you're not going to accept it if it's snowboarding content (laughs) no i will not it's this that simple that's how that is a good example of something i would not accept (laughs) i'll just bring my my apollo forge with me on the hill then that (laughs) would work i would watch that and accept a collaboration there but um Mm. there's it's 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 essentially you have to think of it in terms of uh, we lose people like because that gets put into the feed. And if nope. it's just something that's not related, then I get, I lose followers, which it I'm trying to get to a hundred thousand followers. See Austin over at high caliber craftsman. And I had a little bit of a, a competition going. He has far surpassed me now, but I am right at your I'm nipping at your heels. Austin <laughs> Nip, nipping at is what now? What's that? <laughs> You're nipping at his what now? I'm nipping at his butthole. I mean, okay. his heels. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, no, what's we're your, having fun uh, with it. What's your uh, most viewed reel? Because you're talking about reels going viral and all that. And I was wondering. The most viewed reel, I think, is the building of the forge, the mm-hmm. Apollo. The one I uh, did recently, it's like 4.5 million uh, views. And it's a um, minute thirty, so it's a long. It's a long oh, view. Like people watch it. On it? Uh, I don't know, but I'm assuming it's good because it got pushed to the algorithm. Algorithms, yeah. That's what I was wondering because like minute yeah. long videos don't usually, yeah, perform that great. When people get millions of views, it's typically something that's like ten seconds or you know less. Yeah, but, like eight yeah. seconds, three point eight million views here on one of mine. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I'm not trying to create viral content, but it 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 seems like the algorithm is very pro. I watched a series of reels uh, made by Ryan at Stagecoach uh, Forge. I don't know if you guys ever watch his stuff, but he makes like a lot of cook cookware, like pans, and he presses them out. He's got a really cool workshop. And he did this great highlight reel of his, I think, I don't know if it's stories. I don't exactly know how it works, but it, it's like a saved set of stories that's in his highlights. And 
he walks through this process or his process for understanding how to get people to watch your reels. And it was real. I agree with all of the things he said. So if you're not watching Stagecoach Forge, look him up. His name's Ryan. He's out in Oregon, I think, somewhere on in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, the, the, there's just valuable data in there. He goes down all the way down to like the music choice and how that is important. And I agree with everything he said, if, if you look at it, because I think what people like are in progress videos. I heard Jimmy Duresta talking about this. He was like, mm-hmm. if you just take video of the if, and you edit your videos to where the material changes. So not just you banging on hot steel for 30 seconds. It's two, two taps with the hammer and then show the progress, you know, show, show how much it changed. Um, those are the, that's what people get sucked into. I guess that's kind of like why when like I say, if I am going to do a video of me forging or if I'm going to, you know, put a camera in front of the forge press, I'm going to wait till I'm at a certain process on that piece before I actually film it, you know, cause like there's nothing interesting in seeing a square flat bar steel right before it gets smushed. Right. Yeah. And then I think Brian, you mentioned something, uh, in a couple of episodes back about getting close, like getting yeah. tight shots, like really getting in there. That was another mention that he said, like as as close as you can get the audience to, you know, what your work piece, whatever you're working on. You know, I I've, fully agree with that. I've always said me and Jimmy Duresta, we we're just of the same mind here. Come on. I think <laughs> you're right. I, just, I agree. One is just as good as the other, right? You're twinning. <laughs> there's one thing. Uh, there's one thing I noticed on my end of things with Instagram and numbers of views is uh, they they definitely do not like seeing knives that I can confirm. I could mm. show you screenshots of all my numbers on my reels. Everything that you see a physical knife in, I have a hard time reaching a thousand views on. Right, but anything else like the one where I'm drilling dimples into that handle scale, five point two k. Uh, the dusty, uh, the dusty vacuum there. That's almost at 5K. Then I got the cleaver 591. The cleaver and gator piss with a collab with gator piss 941. Then I got the gate, uh, the bead blasting of that cleaver 3,000 views. You know, so anything that literally has a knife in it, it doesn't want to pop. I got this mm. one here at 880 on the cleaver, the the EDC cleaver, and then I got the EDC cleaver in a bucket of water at 5,000 views. I think I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Cause I Go think ahead. maybe you're, you're looking at this wrong. I think it's because the reels you're doing that are not like showing the whole blade or not showing the whole finished piece. I think people get value from watching you work on something. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, instead yeah, sure. of the display videos where you're just showing the knife, you're just handling it in front of the camera. Mm. That's great. Those are great. That's helpful as far as, you know, customers purchasing it. The long, because you are friends with so many people who are knife makers on Instagram. I don't think Instagram is going, Hey, I see a blade shape here. I'm going to go ahead and crush this knife video. I think what it is, is there's more guys watching you work and going, how does pickle do that? And then Instagram says, look at all these people watching this thing. I'm going to push it to more people. Another thing is it's, it's a little bit of people being curious, like what the hell is that? 
I, I haven't mm, seen it yet. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just going to keep watching until, until I see what the hell he's working on. Because honestly, I don't know what this is. I got to keep watching yeah. to, you know, check okay. it out. It's almost like you're Good. revealing it at the beginning and you're not giving them any incentive to watch. And I think that's what Instagram likes. And all social platforms just want you to remain on the platform. So they encourage that sort of mysterious draw. Like uh, Ryan says this in his uh, highlight reels about the music building up. Like it mm. needs to have some sort. Like if you look at that Swage Block video I just put out, I use this epic song from M83, which is from their record, um, Hurry Up, We're Dreaming. It's one of my most favorite albums to listen to front to back. It kind of tells a story. It's kind of like a Pink Floyd dark side of the moon type uh, more modern version of it and it's the record itself is very cinematic like when you're listening to it there's no visuals but you get visuals in your mind when you listen to it so i use some of that music in my reels and and i think that's a big big draw for people they hear that build up if you look at the uh 4.5 million uh viewed video that i put up about me building the apollo it was a combination of of course people love watching someone assemble something right or something they've never seen before they don't even know what it is and i got a cool looking workshop and there's a cnc machine behind me and everything else so it looks all kind of weird and futuristic and at the same time you're hearing the build-up of that song cherub rock or whatever smashing pumpkin song i used and it's just like you you just it's a buildup it's it's like you know the drums are kicking in and things are working i think you have to be you have to have the mindset of taking your potential audience on a ride you've got to give them something they're not getting in any other reels and that's the journey of watching you do something so put a little thought into it also i i highly encourage taking process videos in process yes. videos during the process of you making whatever it is you're making. And then at the end of the day, sit down and edit those videos together as quickly as possible. Just take little chunks and when, and then watch it again. And, d- and do you find your mind wandering during a shot? Well, that means, Hey, that shot's too long. You need to go back and cut that shot down. Does it flow? Does it have a flow? And you can get a lot of eyes on your work. And uh, so, like I said, go find Ryan on Stagecoach on Instagram. Watch his stuff. It's fantastic. It's it's really interesting to me because he has a ton of success on Instagram and very little success on YouTube. And YouTube, his videos are long-form content, and they're really good. They're really, really good. But YouTube suppresses people like new makers and he's not making enough content on youtube to keep the algorithm happy but if you want to watch some awesome youtube forging content of something different other than knives he's making cookware which is is really fantastic go check him out on youtube as well mm. one, one thing i noticed uh, as well too and i'm gonna bring this back up again and i i talk about it a lot too is the difference in between Facebook and Instagram. I was talking with Trey Hill yesterday from the third Hill customs. And, uh, you met Trey last year, Ryan, I believe. Yep. And, uh, anyway, so I was talking with him last night and, you know, we go back and forth almost every day, like 
I almost get a good morning from this guy, you know. So he's a good guy and great artist as well, too. And we were talking last night. I had just posted the cleaver that I'd finished the handle on. And literally 57 minutes, because we were talking about numbers and views, and I was talking about Facebook to him. I looked at the views on my Facebook. The, the reel had literally been posted for 57 minutes. I had 4.5 thousand views on Facebook, and I had 300 views on Instagram. Hmm. And I have a larger following on Instagram now than I do on Facebook. And that's literally all of my reels. Like the reels that I show finish knives, like just a finished beautiful knife in my hand, no process whatsoever. Turn that knife around. When I post these to Facebook, they get twenty five to 70,000 views. Hmm. But do you on think Instagram, it's the- I struggle. Do you think it's the audience on Facebook? Like maybe there's more people on Facebook who are potential knife buyers because you've, you know, you've sent that's, all that's of what that. I've been, that's what I've been saying for years is Instagram is not the best target for yeah. our market. It's good for communication and networking and between makers and companies and all that shit. Hey, look at me. I'm over here. Hey, tag me. I'm over there. But as of sales for me, it has never proven to be the best. It will work for guys like Nuge and like Montana knife company, Josh Smith and all those guys, like they do a drop and they go, they move, you know, I think it's because they're targeting, you know, yeah, if you well, look they're at targeting, yes, hunters and bushcrafters yeah. and stuff like that. Like they're going after the niche markets. So yeah, of course they're going to kill it. Like I'm sure Josh Smith is harder in the hunting community than he is in the kitchen community, even though his kitchen knives are technically more like for the camp in the bush, you know, like unroll it right on the fucking grill and then start cutting up your game right there and cook it right out in the field kind of chef knife, you know, but it's again, it's a target. So you have to definitely target your people. And when you're doing a drop too, that's what I want to say is if you're going to drop, say 200 knives, you got this drop coming up, 200 knives, but you got 30,000 followers. Mm. Well, it's going to be easy to sell those 200 knives with those 30,000 followers on Facebook. I mean, Instagram, you yeah. know, if you get them. But if you drop 30,000 knives, you're going to have an easier time at selling those knives on Facebook if you're doing it kind of like how I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm not saying do do as I do, but, you know, what I do works for me and it gets that traction and it gets those sales. That's what yeah, happens. Yeah, I, I see that. I, I, I've i noticed there's, it's almost as if, you know, your energy in one particular avenue, it builds up on that one social platform, then you gain momentum on that platform and it yep. becomes that, you know, you've just reached the top of the hill and now you're coasting. One of the things I wanted to mention, and I've talked about Thomas before, but Tom Nugent, he uh, knives by Nuge on uh, Instagram. If you look at his model, the progression of what he's doing, you'll see that he's doing exactly what uh, Pickle's talking about. He is targeting that bushcrafter, the the guys out in the field, the guys, the hunters, the 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 more outdoorsy type people. He is doing a great job at targeting them. Mm. And in the last few of his reels, he's out by his wood pile and he's, you know, uh, using his knives to uh, create kindling and create fires and doing all this stuff. It's eye catching because it's interesting content that isn't showing the knife right away. It's mm-hmm. just showing a guy with a knife. You can clearly see that he's got a knife in his hand, 
but he's doing something with it. He's using it for a particular task. That's the guy that stops and goes, hmm, what's he doing there? Oh, he's making a fire. Oh, cool. Is he going to cook something on this fire? And before he knew that he was being marketed to or sold to, he was sucked into the process of Thomas doing that work. Then, of course, Tom, he's talking at the camera and he's saying all these things and he's you know talking about the knife steel and how by then, you know, the right buyer, the person who is going to purchase one of his knives is searching through his feed, looking at all of his other videos, watching him in his workshop. Now he's working. You, you, you know, think of your social presence, all the things you're doing socially, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok or whatever as a like a like a, a diary or a, a journal for someone to walk up and open and read about you and see what you're doing and think of it in terms of that's the potential customer do you want people to see what you're doing and um and and buy into you because remember we talk about this all the time people don't just buy a knife they buy you they're buying mm-hmm. brian Cohn. they're buying nick tobin I want a piece of those guys in my workshop or in my kitchen or on my belt when I'm out hiking. That is, I think, the missing piece in a lot of these guys who say, I cannot make a living doing this. Mm. You know, I hear these complaints. Oh, nobody can make a living making knives. Well, bullshit. People are doing it and they're just <laughs> approaching it in a different way. Dude, I was told I would never make a living making knives right from the beginning. And you're killing it. That You're crushing fueled, it. That fueled me. That burnt my ass like a three-foot flame behind me, <laughs> and uh, it just fucking got me so lit. And I, I took it personally and insulted and everything, you know. And for a couple of years, I kept that bottled in, and I used it as fuel. And uh, I actually got to meet that guy a couple of years ago, and I thanked him. I was like, thanks for being an asshole. <laughs> and he looked at me. He's like, what do you mean, being an asshole? I was like, you remember <laughs> when you told me I'd never make a living making knives? I was like, well, look at me now. And as if you would have never said that, I probably would have given up before now. And uh, I'm, I'm yeah. going to give you a content idea, Pickle. Imagine this. Before the snow melts, you, you go out, or maybe the snow's already melted. But if you get a new <laughs> snow day, <laughs> if you get a snow day, you go out on your snowboard. You got one of your knives on your belt, right? You go out and in your backpack, where you're, wherever you're snowboarding, bring a little kindling with you. Take your snowboard up. Create a little story about it. You getting on the lift, going to the top of the mountain, whatever it might be. And then you get to a spot, a clearing. You dig a little hole in the snow and you start a fire. And, you, you know, whatever you want to roast. Roast a freaking marshmallow. It doesn't matter. But use one of your knives doing it and tell the story and take your audience along for the ride. I think, you know, that's the kind of thing people are looking for when they're when they're I watch these videos online of these guys going out into the middle of I don't know where they are, Alaska or wherever. And they've got uh, like they'll take a log and they'll drill a hole in the middle and they'll start a fire in the middle of the log and they'll yep. cook a steak. Have you seen yep. this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of those. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's crazy. It's like a bunch of guys going out and doing this now. And then they and pull I out get the sucked in chef knife to cook it all. They, <laughs> I was exactly. Just say that. <laughs> Who the hell takes one of those things out there? But they do. They do do that. And you they know got what, uh, butter and herbs and all this shit. And you're like, man, I want to eat. Number one, I want to be where that guy is. I want to have that pan that he's cooking that steak in. I want to eat that steak and I want to be have that experience that that guy's having. 
And essentially, the mind doesn't know the difference. You know, you, you're you watching this on your little phone and you're watching some dude out there doing that. And, you, you know, you're kind of getting the same dopamine hit as actually doing it with all without all the money and the expense and the time that it took to go out there and do it. He took you on a ride. And that's yeah. the key here. You know what a lot of people do watch as well? What? Serial killer stuff. So I need, to fi- <laughs> I, I need to find a serial killer and send him one of my knives. And hopefully in like 10 years from now when he gets caught, that knife makes me famous. Oh, my you God. Know, may- maybe <laughs> that's Somebody's not watch the best it. way to go. <laughs> it's going to be like a cannibal cooking show with one of Pickle's <laughs> knives. With a pickle Serbian chef out in the woods. Yeah. No, no more Serbs, dude. I'm done with the Serbs. I've done way too many of those. Oh. I got lucky. Hey, I trendy. never had to. That's, oh, that's are been you a, serious? Yeah, never oh, had man. a Serb. I've had two people ask for a Serbian chef knife, and I changed their mind into a cleaver. Yeah, dude, like my first custom knife, like design order, like instead of somebody saying, I'll take that one, and somebody said, I want this here, was a Serbian. Yeah. It was literally a Serbian cleaver, and that's that that right there. Like, there's probably about thirty of them just here locally for sure. Oh wow! And and then I had about a hundred of those uh, laser cut when I had my sheet of steel, and I was doing that, and I went through all of those. So I've got. Oh my gosh! Like I, said, yeah, I didn't realize there's so many pickle Serbians out there. Yeah, and I am disgusted with them. Like, I don't even want to see one of them. Like, if it comes in for a spa day, I might offer them a new knife of any kind. Because I, I just I just can't take it anymore. Like, Serbian cleavers are just – a Serbian chef doesn't even know what it is. So, it's it's a gimmick. It, it, it's true. It, it's like it's not in their arsenal of knives in their knife roll. They don't, Serbian chefs don't have such a cleaver in their, in their kits. So, Pickle, how do I you really it. feel about them? Do you really want to know? (laughs) (laughs) Real quick, I want to make mention, uh, if you'd like to make a Serbian cleaver that no one's ever seen before, go to BakerForge.com and use WFI 10 to get some of his steel. Koi and the boys, the wizards, the warlocks in the workshop, they're making the best Damascus pattern welded, Q-Mai, stainless mine. If you want steel that's named after any stripper in any strip (laughs) club... Me- Mega Q my sweet desire serenity. I'm telling you, man. Ripple tide. Yeah, exactly. Hey, so wait, hold on. I'm looking on the website ripple. right. I'm I'm on the website right now. Right here it says Brian's mom. Is that is that oh, is that the fired. case? Like what's going That's on? That's a here? risky joke, buddy. That's a risky joke for an old guy. I stopped saying. Luckily, yeah, my exactly. Mom's still old, old enough. I stopped alive. saying mom jokes a while ago because I've been caught with that, dude. And I am my mom's that. dead. Yeah, and sister jokes. Like, I used to have this thing like somebody would say something like, "Oh, that's fucking hot," and I was like, "Oh, is your little sister hot?" Oh, and no. then uh, and then this one guy was one of my friends was at his garage working on his motorcycle and uh, on his Harley and he's like oh yeah it's got a lot of fucking torque and this and that I was like does your little sister have torque oh, and I didn't really <laughs> I, I didn't really know the guy and uh, my friend Ian looked at me like with big eyes like kind of like shut the fuck up but I didn't catch on to it and I was like well does your sister have torque oh no <laughs> and then he just turns around and he looks at me he's like dude my sister's in a fucking wheelchair. Oh, oh yeah. brutal. So, yeah, so Careful. I stopped. Yeah, I stopped doing those jokes like maybe 10 years ago. I was like, I can't do that anymore. Like, I'm going to get hit one of these days. The only time I will do such a thing is say if I'm with you, Brian House, 
and we have this planned out and we're at blade show for say, and I have somebody go ask you if your mother, I like tell you, like, I heard your mother gives good lap dances. And then you get all pissed off and be like, my mom's in a wheelchair, dude. <laughs> like we used to do that. Me and my, my good friend, Bruce, we used to go to parties and I'd be like, dude, go ask Bruce if his mother gives good lap dances. Oh my and, God. Yeah. And then he'd be like, motherfucker like my mom's in a wheelchair and then they'd be like well pickle Ooh. sent me over and then he'd get all pissed at me but it was all like played out it was fucking hilarious all right in Duly any noted, regard don't make them don't make the dad joke or the mom jokes <laughs> in any regard if you want firestorm wavy elite aurora maya right? firestorm ripple damascus core or if this i love this one go my stitch q shim that's the Ooh, one shit. with the stainless pattern mesh. Uh, mesh. Yes. You can get these steels and make one of the best Serbian cleavers you've ever seen in the marketplace. Go to bakerforge.com and use WFI 10 for 10% off. Make sure you tell Koi that Brian and the boys over at Work For It sent you. And when you're ready to finish that knife, make you sure you go over to maritime knife supply.com and get yourself some of the best handle material they've got everything you need to finish that knife from handle material to abrasives to machines to shims to pins to whatever you name it uh also kilns and everything else make sure you go check out maritime knife supply.com it's run by lawrence lake a friend of mine personal friend of mine and a fantastic proprietor of all things knife making and then at the very last stage, the very last stage, when you're ready to just rub that sweet wax all over that knife to preserve that patina, to make the handle pop, to do all the things. You've gone this far. You've bought the steel from Baker Forge. You've bought the handle material and the pins, the epoxy from Lawrence over at Maritime. And you've got this knife and it looks a little dull. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, my God, I'm going to try to give this to a customer, sell this. And it just doesn't look right. And then you grab that little jar of pelican paste and you rub it. You just, you're just caressing that steel and the wood and the G10 and all the pins and the brass and everything else. And it just comes to life. That in that moment, right then and there, that knife is finished and it's ready to be sold. So make sure you go over to pelicanpaste.com. Tell Travis that we sent you and use WFI 10 as your promo code. Get 10% off. He even has a subscription service. He'll put your logo on the tin so you can give it to your customer when they buy that knife from you. And tell Travis, I said hi. <laughs> hi, Travis. Speaking hi. of that. Speaking of that Baker Forge steel, I have a prototype piece of steel that I'm working on for this uh, Viking challenge, and I am about to heat treat it, and I'm a little bit scared. It's uh, I don't know if I can really talk about it much. Maybe I, I'll have to ask Koi, see how much I can reveal, but it is. is it, does it have uh, anything other than steel in it, like copper, copper or brass? Yes. yes okay, so then copper. that's why you're nervous? Well, there's, it's, I don't. I don't know how much I can say, so I better I better right, keep this right. in my back pocket. However, trouble now. if you see me um, heat treating something and like freaking out online, that's why because <laughs> I am I'm very I'm equal parts excited and a little bit terrified because only a few people have done this. So, mm. well, if you have any uh, if you have any fears and you have any doubts and need any tips, feel free to reach out. You got it, boss. I. Uh, I've uh, heat treated plenty of my own steel and even some of theirs too, like the copper raindrop 
So getting copper cool. to 1900 degrees a great is a great idea, right? No. Mm. Well, it doesn't really. The melting point is 1940, I think, or something like that. So Pretty why close. would you want to? Why would you want to bring that copper up to 1900 degrees? You'll just unless have to you're see. forge welding the billet. Oh, I already know why. I, don't say anymore. I've already figured it out. So all right. Uh, so this the, is bullshit. This I is bullshit, know. guys. <laughs> this is fucking bullshit. Like you guys are gonna leave me hanging high like that. We'll no, talk man. After think what? about what. What do you need to heat treat hey, whoa, whoa, that goes whoa, 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 over hey, that temperature? Whoa. Hey, just whoa, saying, oh, okay. Hey, okay. Think about okay. it for a second. Okay, all right. no, no, I got yeah. it. I got all it. Right. Don't get me in trouble, guys. Come Chris. on. All right. Don't get me in trouble. Anyways. You got yourself in trouble. <laughs> Real quick, we're at 4803. I want you guys to each pick one WFI project real quick. And I've already picked mine. Okay. And the copper so, melting point is 1984, <clears throat> by the way. All right. So, 1984 sorry, Fahrenheit. Freedom Fahrenheit. Height. Yes. Freedom yeah, 84 height. degrees. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to do so, a quick shout out to Jmod underscore knives. Uh, he is a skateboard fanatic and hammer and, and yes. hammer maker, but <laughs> excuse me, a knife maker out in Arizona. He has sent he sent me some stickers and he sent me a T-shirt. I'm going to send to you, Pickle, because it'll fit you. It's a little too big for me. And oh, cool. um, and a it. bunch of cool stuff. If you're not following Jmod underscore knives, he was featured in Thrasher magazine recently uh, because he's his uh, love of skateboarding and his love of knife making, which I found the article very, very interesting. Well done. I appreciate mm-hmm. you, brother, and his con- contribution to WFI projects. If you're not following Jmod, J-M-O-D underscore knives. Make sure you go check him out. At the time of this recording, he has 4,399 followers. Let's make it 4,400. Come on. Get on there. I've got yeah, an abstract blacksmith. Um, that's that's um, Lando, isn't it? That is Lando. Yeah. <laughs> ding, ding, Sorry, ding. For some reason, for some reason, my mind went blank there for a second. That always happens to me. But um, so he's showing off his progression on his stages on how he does these forged acorns and they yes. are so incredibly intricate and I absolutely love the way that they turn out. And I love the fact that he's showing each step as he goes along um, from forming the acorn to cutting it down to size and drawing out the stem, curling it, making the the leaf, putting it all together. It's, it's a really cool way to do it. And I'm glad I'm really happy that he's showing it off. So Go check out abstract underscore blacksmith. If you're not already, go give Lando a hey from the work for it boys and uh, go check out their podcast too. I was just on that podcast with Derek Melton. I don't know if it's been released yet, but uh, when it does get released, you're going to want to listen to it. There was a lot of really great deep discussion that went on between all three of us. And I think it's uh, worth a listen. So go check out forge side chat and lando right now has 6374 followers 6374 followers let's make it 7000 come on get in there i love the push i just hit 7000 oh oh look at me i'm pickle i've got a lot of fun (laughs) 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 i'm gonna bring up uh mr will will from maine uh, he's building a Sharpie drawing machine. I love this. I love I know, this it's so much. Cool. Dude, that thing's pretty clean, too. Like, it's it not sloppy at all. Like, I was like, holy shit. Like, I knew it's doable and everything, but I never really seen anybody sit there and 
take the time and make something like this, but he did. And it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty interesting. And he's doing a lot of cool things too. He just, um, Justin Miller posted about him yesterday, tagged him in a post. Uh, he 3d designed a, uh, tumbling setup for PVC piping and all that with, you know, motors and all that shit and bearings and 3d printed. Uh, he, you know, Justin Miller's got that in his shop, testing that out for him. So he's always up to making something different than you, I guess. He's killing it. Definitely. Yeah, it definitely is. He's one of those guys. He's like me where he has severe ADHD, but he has enough brains to like put stuff like this together in the brief free time that he has. And uh, yep. he's like a brother from another mother for sure. That, that dude is doing some awesome stuff. Hmm. So make sure you go check out Spruce Hill Studio. Time of this recording he has 605 followers. He needs more. Let's yeah, get there. Man. Let's get him over a thousand. You know what the Gnome Hammer Forge needs to do is post more of his um, $100 hammer works to the work for it, the hashtag. Uh, oh, the, he needs to hashtag that shit. Yeah, hashtag yeah. it. Because, like, I'm looking at some of his work because I wanted to bring up the hammer that he's working on for me, the handle, the green handle and all oh, that. Yeah, that thing's mm. so cool. But he, that didn't is hashtag, cool. he didn't hashtag the WFI project. So mm. here's but another yeah, that tip. Green is fucking gnarly. Here's another tip for you guys. Um, Still photos. Do still photos because if it's a real, we're probably not going to pick it. So it's just a lot easier to talk about and explain a still photo than it is to, oh wait, hold on, I gotta wait to the to the beginning of this reel so yeah, I can right. see what's going on here. So Oh no, he didn't go to the left, he went right. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Um I don't know if you guys have heard about this new trend. It's uh cooking rabbit. Himalayan style. Oh yeah, you heard about this? No, I haven't. Uh, I don't know. We, we found Himalayan stuff. on the road and we cooked him. <laughs> <laughs> Himalayan rabbit stew. That is from Mark LeBlanc. Man, you almost got that past me. I know. I'm trying to eke them in there. This is some good ones. I, I've got a, I've got a few dad jokes in Wait, here. Wait, hold from- on. Coughing on that one, bat. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> But before you go on too far, isn't there the French pickler intro music for that? I need I need some French pickler because I've got a I've got a word for pickle to oh you got a word for, for me. Pick- yeah sure okay let me uh, let me pull that up here um, let me go here. Écoutez et répétez le pickler français the French pickler. <laughs> so Nick Tobin, how do you say Serbian chef? In French. Uh, I don't even know how to say Serbian in French. Oh, <laughs> Serbian, <damn> it. isn't <laughs> it? Serbian. I need to Google it, to be honest. Serbian in French. Selb. S-E-R-B-E. So it would just be Selb. Um, you said a Serbian sh- a cleaver or chef? You Whatever you want to say, man. I don't uh, care. Chef, uh, chef Selb is what it would be. That's a, this is a terrible French pickler I episode. To bring back. Like, like, like I said, French is horrible. Like we were going back and forth, me and and uh, Brian, uh, with you know trying to find like where because like a warm a glass of water, the color green um, to go towards are all said the same way in French, and it's vad. So the color green is vat. A warm is uh, vat. 
uh, a glass <laughs> is un verre. You know what I'm saying? To go English to a word is Alivar. Yeah, but we we have like one word for ten different meanings. You know, yeah. a lot of times well, we do too. But, Pickle. Here's but like, one. But when I translate the French I speak, I won't say those like. I'll, I'll use different words and slang words. They not yeah. always have to say va 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 va. Right. You know. How about so this like one? To translate. Pickle. Shoot. A ripe blackberry murmurs to the wall. A murmur, murmur, murmur. See, that's what I'm saying. Jesus. All right. All right. I don't know if you guys heard about this, though. There was a king who was 12 inches tall. Yeah, he was a great ruler. We heard this one. (laughs) He was a terrible king, but he was a great ruler. That's it. I I, I never heard that one. That's pretty good. All right. Anyway, Lau, if you're a patron, you get a chance to ask us a question in the after show. And uh, I am going to dig through the comments here in the back end of Patreon. You can send us a message. You got to send us a message if you have a question. And uh, we are I'm going to go up. I'm running out of questions. So start banking them up. Start sending me some new ones. I only got like two or three uh, left here. So but um, we've got one from a new patron member, Vanden Gaskjolen. I'm sorry if I brewed. I'm sure I crushed your name. Um, and it was funny because I thought this person was like overseas somewhere and he's not. He's in South Dakota. So <laughs> Vanden Gaskajin from South Dakota says, I'm fairly new to listening to the podcast. So if this has already been answered, I apologize. But my question for the after show is this. Is it worth going to Blade Show Ooh. as an extremely Ooh. new knife maker? If so, what are some of your tips to get the most out of it? That is a great question. And no, it has not been asked before. And all of us have been there. And all of us have gone in different stages of development. So we will answer this in the after show. And if you want to get a uh, a sneak peek or an inside (laughs) window to what we're doing in the after show, after this show, you can pay $10.80 a year. That is less than a dollar a month. And you can get over there and join us in the after show and join the party. That's the patron <laughs> party over there filled the with cool a bunch kids of club. <laughs> Yo, be careful how you spell that one. God. Uh, I have really wanted to be in the cool kids club. And I realized <laughs> I will never be in the cool kids club. Pickle no. and I had this conversation yeah. last week and I was getting really fucking salty about it. And then I realized all I have to do is make my own club. Have you ever heard that phrase? I don't ride on the short bus. I drive it. Yep. That's what I'm yep. doing. The cool yeah, kids club. Don't take any offense to this. If you guys are listening. So behind me you guys bus. are all on my bus, baby. Let's go. <laughs> do you guys want on the bus? Do you guys want to hear my fun story about the cool kids club? Sure. Shoot. So. In college, I was in a fraternity, a music um, service fraternity called Kappa Kappa Psi, it's, which is K, K, <laughs> and then the Psi symbol, which is a, whatever, whatever. So I was just inducted into the Kappa Kappa Psi. I was a new, new brother. Um, I've, of course, I was wearing these letters all the freaking time because I was really excited about it. So one of my buddies asked me to help him move a... a um, I man, why am I? Why is my mind going blank? I was I was helping him move a couch up a set of stairs because he's moving into a new apartment. 
So of course I grab the side where the, the shoulder of the couch, like it, it kind of covers the sigh. So you could just see KK across my chest. And I was helping him move in. And this, this roommate of his was absolutely mean mugging me, like just giving me the worst stink guy. And I, we get up there. I'm like, what the hell is this guy's problem? Like this guy is just pissed off at me for no reason. What have I done to this guy? And I, we get up there. I set the thing down and he looks at the rest of my shirt and is like, oh my God, I thought that was not going to be a, a Greek letter at the end of that. What kind of asshole <laughs> thinks you're wearing a KKK shirt? <laughs> I mean, where, how dark does your mind have to be? Like, do people wear fucking KKK shirts? Know, number one, but like maybe about 200 people in the States, maybe, moron. but that's about <laughs> Close-minded, small-minded idiots. I just thought it was hilarious. (laughs) I was so holding back, like, from the beginning of your story to say, this one time at band camp. (laughs) (laughs) I once wore a Dickies t-shirt to the vagina monologue. Oh, yeah. So just so you know. And I did it completely not thinking. I'm sitting in the audience with a Dickies shirt on. And my girlfriend at the time, she goes, you realize you wore a Dickies shirt to the And by the way, I would never go to the vagina monologues. I would never, ever, ever go to this. But of course, it's like that scene in Pulp Fiction where he's like, yeah, my girlfriend's a vegetarian. So I'm pretty much a vegetarian. That was the story here before I had balls big enough to say no to people and stuff and whatever. Mm. And I was like, oh, man. So I go to this show. And like all the girls in the audience are like, you know, of course, this is a very this is a very uh, different sort of people. Right. I'm around and they're all giving me the mean mug, the eye like you were getting, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why is everybody in here? Is it because I'm a man? You know, like I kept thinking, like, I'm in here and I'm amongst the, the female versions of wolves. Right. And she, my girlfriend goes, no, it's because you're wearing a fucking dicky shirt. And I'm like, ah, the dicks. I had a, the vagina. I had a shirt. I, it now. I had a shirt that said vegetarian on it. It was like white <laughs> on black. Dude, I got so much like dirty eyes and like as much as much as I got good laughs from it, I got so many like I've got, I've been told you shouldn't wear that in public. I went to a flea market. I was asked to take it off as I walked in. Whoa. Wow. I was like, are you serious? You're going to ask me to take my shirt off as I walk in. You know what? I'd rather not walk in. And I turned around and I left. But my uh, favorite t-shirt I don't own any longer for this exact reason. It just says I shaved oh. my balls for this. <laughs> <laughs> and that that whole that just that one question on a t-shirt you wouldn't think oh, yeah. would ignite You'll disrupt. You'll so disrupt the world. much hate in the world comes from that. Nope. Because people can't get around it. All right. No. On to the after show, fellas. I appreciate it. Shirt, real quick. I just want to bring up one last shirt because we're talking about them. And um, it was a um, a flip skateboard apparels. Like they they make skateboard t shirts, whatever you know. The company Flip. And uh, you guys all remember the Unabomber, right? Oh yeah. Well, I have a Unabomber story too. They had a shirt which was like green, bright fucking green obviously i had to have it and it had that um fbi sketch of the unabomber what they suspected he looked like on it and it said you're next on top of it oh my god well i wore that shirt to school every day you know not every day but every 
whatever other day and not never had a problem. And then this one day, this one kid decided that it would be funny to have a bomb threat at school. That had never never happened at our school. So as we're all lining up and walking out of this school through the emergency exits and shit, you know, the, the, the teachers and all that, they're standing there. And I come through face to face with the principal and he just stops me right there. And he pulls me aside and he takes me, never says a fucking word. I was like, what the fuck's going on? What did I do? And then when they come back into the office, it was all about my shirt. (laughs) So I was like, oh, okay, that's a touchy subject today, ain't it? <laughs> but it was never a problem before, you know? But yeah, you're next. Dropping the bomb, for sure. All right, <laughs> listen, we got to, <laughs> let's move on to the after show. And uh, if you want, like I said, you want to be a part of that, go to patreon.com forward slash work for it and join up. My I will Unabomber. see you guys in the after show let's My, let's if you've got a, you've got a unabomber story now brian I do. I'll, I'll, I'll do that in the after show you guys have to you want to hear that for that brian yeah. is the unabomber we now know this <laughs> and he, he, we are moving to the after show where he will confess <laughs> that he was the guy doing all this <laughs> see you guys <laughs> Peace the out. show derailed <laughs> oh my god